Wild Women, welcome back to the Femme Podcast. It is my absolute freaking pleasure to be introducing you to the next outspoken speaker and the woman who we are diving in with, Samantha Skelly. Spend five minutes with this woman and you will fall in love with her. Rob and I, we felt like this was a conversation with our best friend. There were so many moments where we were just like, can we get in a room and hang out? Can we do this in person? Her energy is magnetic. She carries so much soul wisdom. She is the CEO of Pause Breathwork. She pivoted from one seven-figure business to another, hitting seven figures in pause within three months of launching. She is a self-made entrepreneur and CEO of two multi-million dollar industry-leading wellness companies, a highly sought-after international speaker, a best-selling author, and a wellness coaching expert. Her core values are fun, freedom, connection, courage, and love, and you're about to get a taste of it all. Wild women, welcome back to the Femme Podcast. We are so excited to have Samantha Skelly, one of our outspoken speakers, here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like this is a little family reunion. Just going back to our roots. I know. Mm. Funny thing is, for all the listeners, um, we're doing we're recording this podcast on video, and Samantha and I looked at each other and we we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Have we met in real life? And Jack was like, no, no. Yep. You've met. I remember, <laughs> I remember when you met. <laughs> so there we are. There's Jack once again, just cueing my life for me. I love it. I was like, is this a past life thing? Do I know you from this life? Either, either way, <laughs> like your face is very familiar. <sighs> no, yeah. real life, ladies, when the Canadians get together. There it is. <laughs> Canadians get together. So Sam, I've been following you for a long time. So Femme, our business has evolved and rebranded and we started out as a company called Girl Tribe. When was that, Jack? Q timeline? Q timeline? 2015? 2015. Okay. So 2015 and we started out as kind of like cheerleaders, you know, like on the sideline, like the way too many Instagram accounts that are like, you can do it. Go learn how to do a handstand on the side of a cliff and and trust yourself, you know? And we we started in the realm of online social media. And I started following you then, like back in your hunger for happiness days. And I saw you as this woman who was bravely and courageously the face of a brand that was moving mountains. Now, The most important thing to recognize about this is that when I started Girl Tribe, I started it and then Jack came on as my business partner a little bit later, but I was not prepared and not ready to be the face of the brand yet. Mm -hmm. So I had over 10,000 followers on Instagram and would get daily messages like, who are you? And here I was following you, watching you courageously as always and effortlessly and vibrantly and so authentically sharing your voice and your truth and your story. And I just wanted to say from the beginning, because you've never heard me say this to you before, that that was really inspiring for me. Mm. It was really refreshing to see a woman who 
was out there vulnerably leading and speaking and holding this vision with no veil. Mm, Thank you. Gosh, I appreciate that reflection. Yeah, it's really interesting to like feel the impact of someone else's experience of you, right? It's really special. And yeah, it's been an interesting ride. And I remember at the beginning of it, like the thing that felt really excruciating was being anything other than myself. And it still to this day, you know, and, you know, over the last 13 years of building these businesses, I've hired many, many, many coaches, some of the best coaches and mentors in the world. And the one thing that I always come back to is like, if I can't do it my way, I'm not going to do it, you know, and, and like I've paid these mentors stupid amounts of money to tell me things that I didn't end up doing. Right. They're like, this is the way it's supposed to be done. You got to do it this way. And I'm like, the way that I do business is just showing up every single day as myself authentically as possible, really sharing storytelling through my lens of how I see the world. And I know that that's going to be the thing that creates sustainability and legacy. And it's not about these bro marketing tactics of doing this and having to say this at the perfect time and send this email. I'm like, that feels awful to my nervous system. And so I love that because I really do feel like the authentic way of just fully expressing who you are in your marketing is just so profoundly impactful for people because we're drawn to stories. We're drawn to hearing human experiences. We're drawn to the the rawness of what it is to be human. And this is why personal branding is so powerful because people aren't necessarily buying pause breathwork or the product. They're buying you. They're buying me right? And if people can connect to you, they're like, I don't know what you're selling, but I'll take it, you know? But in order for personal brands to be really powerful, I do feel like there's this level of vulnerability that we get to show. And sometimes that's very uncomfortable, but the more that we do it and the more we slowly open up our window of tolerance for that vulnerability, the easier it gets. That's right. So you probably don't even know this about me, but I'm a, I'm a brand coach and brand creator. So I copy. Are you serious? Yeah. I copyright for people and this is what all of my copywriting is literally rooted in. Like I'll get messages from professional women in suits in my inbox. Like, can you copyright a sales page for this? I'm like, let me tell you my theory on copywriting. It's that truth sells and that stories are what people want to hear and what they want to feel. And when we can help our audience feel something, then they remember who they are and then they want to buy from you. And so it's, now I'm like, of course, I was so drawn to you from the beginning because our values are so aligned and so the same on that human connection. I mean, I don't even, I stumble on the word marketing sometimes because, you know, yes, it, it is marketing. It's also connecting, you know, it's yeah. also just human to human, mm-hmm. you know, authentic and relating. Exactly. Authentic mm-hmm. relating. Uh, social media is such a mind spinning thing. It's so amazing in so many ways, but I think sometimes we forget that every single person is actually a person (laughs) and they have a story and they have a heartbeat and they have feelings and they have a nervous system and they have a genius mind and they have all these things. And so what if we were just to approach it as I want to tell a story, the same one that I would tell around a campfire so that I can connect and relate and develop rapport with people. And I I think sometimes in this like high speed, more likes, more followers, more this, more engagement, we forget the power of just a couple people, (laughs) you know, like hungry for happiness 
started as I used to do these workshops in Vancouver on Thursday nights from six to nine. And the same people would come over and over and over again. And there was like 12 people. And it was those same 12 people that came to my retreat up in Squamish, actually, right at the Eagle Valley retreat where I used to do my retreats. And then those same people did my Hungry for Happiness certification. It's like those 12 people funded the beginning of my business. It was 12 people, right? So now, you know, it's like, then social media, we look at it as like, oh, I need thousands. You know, you don't. Yeah. You literally need 12 people. <laughs> yeah. So this is such a great story. And honestly, to bring it into a really incredible real-time experience, I had a call with one of my private clients today. She has 500 followers. She's just in the two months that we've worked together is now she's like my, my private clients on a wait list. And she's like, I don't understand because when I hired you, I literally hired you to get me 25,000 followers and nothing, you know, she's like, I've had a hundred new followers over two months, but like what has happened? Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, the conversation that we had before we started um, recording this podcast was all about your work in this world, Sam and leadership, embodiment, energetics were three Mm -hmm. of the things that you said. And I think what, what, my client is experiencing and what you experienced in those first days of hunger for happiness with those 12 people who were committed to you is that connection, right? That vulnerability, that truth. It's not how many people you tell your story to. It's how you tell your story to the people who are listening. Totally. Yeah. Like what you feel about those 12 people. Like I could feel in your energy there that you were like, oh, it wasn't like, oh, the same 12 people here again. Mm-hmm. I was like, and now I get to go to Squamish with these 12 people. Yes. And now 12 people, like these 12 people mattered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so my struggle today is like infusing that same attunement to every single person, even though now there's thousands. The thing that I keep asking myself, because when I look at those 12 people, it's like, what was it? It was empathy. I showed up. I, I got to be so empathetic. I got to learn. About, I knew their dog's names. I knew their freaking blood type. You know, I, I was so involved. And now pause is huge. We have thousands of clients. So yeah. how do we scale empathy? Mm. And so that's that's the, that's the place that I keep feeling into. And like when it comes to leadership, is intimacy required to be a powerful leader? Mm. Or how can we be so aligned and so energetically potent that through the way that we live our lives, I can access thousands of people and it feels really nourishing to their nervous system? So those are the interesting questions that I play in on a regular basis. But I Mm. still love like that intimate, like, wow, I, I, I just get to be here with this person. Even the fact that you ask yourself those questions shows your style of leadership, Mm. you know, and shows your style of business ownership and who you are as a CEO and as a woman. And I I have so much respect for that. And I know that every woman listening right now is having a moment like, oh my God, yeah. As we scale, as we grow, these are such beautiful questions to be asking ourselves to be staying in alignment with the original vision of spreading good and creating connections and positively impacting communities. And how do we then do that on a bigger scale with, with less of that face-to-face time and, and whatever. So I think that's such a beautiful conversation for people to have. Yeah. I, I feel from this conversation, I feel from your social media, like you living in your truth though, that's what people feel. So whether it's the 12 people, whether it's the thousands of people, they can feel you being true to you. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. And, and it, it makes it so much more fun. 
you know? And then that's that through line that we were talking about of like the authenticity. It's like nothing can be a performance when it comes to this work, when it comes to leadership. It's not, it's not about saying the right thing and, and performing in a way that so that like, there's no, so that it's like, this is what it is. And it's witnessing the arising and teaching through the arising for me as a consumer of different people's content. That's what I love is like, how can I find myself in your story? Cause you're being so open about it. It's so intoxicating to feel that someone is talking across from you, not down to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And the age of social media where there's a lot of like the three things you need to know. It's like that stuff because it's bro marketing and clickbaity and all of that kind of stuff. We lose the essence of this femininity. We lose the essence of connection. We use, lose the essence of relate, relatability. And one of the most interesting things that I found, because when I ran Hungry for Happiness and I hired all those coaches and did all the bro marketing, the quality of clients that is in your containers from those marketing tactics is a nightmare. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, because why? Because we attracted them through scarcity and urgency and through like almost like manipulation. Mm-hmm. And so the type of people, the type of client that are going to end up working with you, it's like, I this does not feel good at all. But when you're telling stories and you're sharing your life and you're being relatable and you're being vulnerable, the quality of client that comes into your containers is so different. It's such a joy to then deliver to those types of people. Oh my gosh. Well, when we, so Rob started off sharing how he started as Girl Tribe. And when we entered the coaching industry in 2018, we we didn't even really know that the coaching industry existed. Like all of a sudden we, we met this woman and she was a coach and we're like, you're what? And we're like, Hey, we'll hire you. But we're like, and then we started coaching. We're like, we had no idea the coaching industry yeah. like actually existed. Yeah. So we showed up with zero expectation, just sharing our story, our energy. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. We were creating things that we wanted to create. We were attracting the most incredible clients. We like blew it out of the water our first year in business. And then all of a sudden we were like, oh no, wait, there is this whole industry. There is ways that you're supposed to do things. There's, you know, and so we started falling into that trap of like, you yes. got to do this. I mean, you got to do this. Yes. And, do this. Yes. and just what you said there, we like started attracting clients that we weren't in love with. We started putting things out for the sake of putting things out versus allowing this creation to move through us. And we started to like, hate our business. We started to not like each other. Like, you know, I never didn't like you. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? There was, there was moments. There was moments. It was like a point to be around each other. (laughs) Oh my God. I love you guys so much. This is amazing. We loved each other, but it felt annoying to be around each other sometimes because the conversations happening around this business that we started to not love, it just, you know what I mean? Like we weren't in our magic of like our friendship together. And so everything felt so hard. Everything felt like it's not working because we lost that spark. We lost that magic when we stepped out of our own truth, when we stopped just sharing our story, when we stopped Mm. being who we are. Oh my gosh. It's so important. It's so important. Okay, wait. So I feel like all of our listeners are now like, are, they're like, okay, so these girls are obviously best friends or like have been sisters for a hundred years, but who the fuck is Samantha Skelly? Like if they don't know you, then we did a really bad job at any sort of, hey, Sam, tell us about who you are, what you do, what you care about. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we should just rewind for one second. I love just like a couple minute, you know, you know. You know, yeah, you know the thing with the stuff. Yeah, throw down your story for us. Uh, 
Yeah. So I was never planning on being an entrepreneur. I was never planning on being um, running a company, let alone a breathwork company. Like what? I was like, I'm going to be a real estate agent because that's the thing that makes sense. But I was a dancer my whole life. I was a dancer and I was either in front of a camera or on stage for most years of my life. And so that journey resulted in a lot of body image issues, a lot of just not liking myself. You know, it's it's typical when you're a ballerina, you're a dancer. And so I really fell into that. That then shifted into disordered eating and eating disorder when I was 18. I remember days during that time where I'd wake up and I had I would have so much anxiety. I would feel so overwhelmed. Like I hated my body. I didn't I I hated food. I would restrict and then overeat and then overexercise. It was a whole mess. And so it was interesting because logically I knew better. Like I, I I was such a personal development nut. Like even from 12 years old, my dad was really into Tony Robbins. So I got into Tony Robbins at a very young age. And so I knew better. I, I knew what I was doing was messing with my emotionality. I knew what I was doing was not, you know, being kind to myself, but I couldn't fix it. I couldn't hack it. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I just kept trying to learn more things, learn more things. And I was completely out of my body. I was sort of oscillating between like numbness in my body and and anxiety to kind of going back and forth. So I was reading the book, Eat, Pray, Love. And she was talking about how she went to Bali and she hired that medicine man. And so I I literally did that. I'm like, mom, I'm going to Bali. (laughs) We're doing it. Yes, that's it. That's it. And I want to go see him. And he pulled out those big sticks and shoved them in my feet. And it was the most excruciating thing of all time. We went he, to find her, Liz's. Yeah. Yeah. The guy. Like, we're going to go to the guy. Wow. <laughs> so I went to That's the awesome. guy. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, he was like shoving these things in my feet. I was like, what the fuck? And then he just like pats me on the head and he goes, your brain's broken. You need to go meditate. And everyone and their dog was telling me the way to get over your eating disorder is to meditate. I'm like, and I couldn't because when you hate your body so much, the thought of being in your body, you're like, this is awful. So you just want to escape your body. You want to do things that get out of your body. So anyway, I followed his advice. I went to the yoga barn in Ubud and I'm like, okay, meditation, let's go. There wasn't a class when I showed up, but there was a breathwork class. And I'm like, what is breathwork? Like, surely that's just like breathe, like breathing. Like what, what is that? And I'm like, well, I'm here anyways. I might as well do it. The class was from two to five. It was three hours. I'm like, what? what? So I walk up there and there's this gentleman who's dressed all in white with long, dark or long, like gray, dark hair. And he came up to me and he was like, are you ready to go on the ride of your life? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, you are going to feel the highest states of joy and bliss. And you're going to release and shed a bunch of sadness that you've been holding on to. And mind you, this is when I felt numb and anxious. Like that's it. And I'm like, okay, bro, let's try this breathing thing. So I lie down and I we started breathing in this pattern. And within three minutes, I was like, oh my God, I can like feel every cell in my body. My mind for the first time in like years was just calm. It wasn't obsessing over anything. I felt like my heart open. I felt myself in my body. And I'm like, this is crazy. This is amazing. Like, what the heck is this? And I was just so fascinated with the ability to like be your own drug. You know, that's what I say now of like, oh my gosh, how does the whole world not know we can do this? I, I felt like the difference between an emotional hunger cue, a physical hunger cue. I knew that the anxiety in my body was not actually 
me. Like I, I used to always say like, I am anxious. I am an anxious person. I used to wear it like an identity and breathwork helps me learn. And even to this day helps me learn like, no, you're just observing a sensation of anxiety and it's going to pass. Like it's, it's going to pass. We're not getting stuck in it. You're not anxious. You're actually really powerful and have the ability to clear all of this anxiety and doubt and fear and frustration, blah, blah, blah. So I became fascinated with breathwork and I took every certification on the market at the time. I studied with some of the best mentors that I could possibly find and I learned literally everything I could. Then I started Hungry for Happiness and then I started to bring breathwork into Hungry for Happiness and people were just so blown away by it. And then a couple of years later, I got a very clear download that I have to go all in on breathwork and build this company. And I, I got the clearest vision of like what it, it was so interesting. It's like, it's going to start here with a facilitator training and then you're going to launch an app and then you're going to do this. And then you're going to create this leadership program and it's all under this big thing. And, and it's called pause breathwork. And like, I, I didn't even think of the name, like it was all just so downloaded. And then for weeks on end, I was being woken up at like three in the morning to download the whole like curriculum of what it, of what it is today. And sometimes I read through like our manual of our training program. And I'm like, I don't remember to like writing that. Like it was just like, whew. so then I got to this point in time where the disordered eating version of me was just, it felt like a different person and leading that mission felt out of integrity. I didn't associate with someone who has an eating disorder or someone who hated her body. It was completely gone. So when I would get on podcasts, I would feel like one big fraud because I'm talking about food and I'm like, I'm not this person. Like, don't follow me for this. It was a multi seven figure company when I quit it with huge, with great profit margins. Like it, like it was quote unquote stupid to walk away from it. But it's one of those things when your soul is calling you into something else, there's such an energetic cost of doing something that you know is not aligned. And so I sort of just slowly backed away from it and... Now today, all of my energy, all of my love, all of my everything is funneled into pause. And it's, it's amazing because it's so aligned with who I am. And it feels like the word that's coming to me is effortless. Like it's hard work, but it's also effortless because the energy behind everything that I create now is from such a different place. So uh, that's the story. <laughs> this is like, this is so fascinating to hear all of it and to even hear how like pause came to be because this is so similar to how outspoken came to be like outspoken was like this download like that just like came through for me and then Rob and I like we it's taken nine ten months to bring it to life because you're like okay with how we're operating in our business right now currently there's not space for this like massive vision that outspoken mm -hmm. is and so it was really restructuring a lot of things in our business letting go of a lot of things that people are like that's crazy it's working it's making you money it's having impact but the vision of outspoken for us had this like feeling that was coming through and this like wild impact and it's like okay like we have to make space for this yeah. And it's, it can be so hard for the ego to let go of what's no longer serving, especially when it's making a lot of money. Especially when it's making a lot of money and fear. Right. I think for me, it was like, we made this work. Can we make that work? Yeah. You know, like, can we trust that that wasn't the only thing or the only way that we are meant to be successful? Totally. I think it's like coming back to the, like, we make it work. It's our 
energy. It's our leadership. It's our embodiment. So it's not like, oh, that thing works because that thing works. Like that thing works because of us. That's yeah. so true. And anything that we do going forward, we have this refinement of our energy. So the next thing we do is even going to be better than the thing that we did. So yes. like hungry for happiness was my training ground. It kicked the shit out of me every single day to prepare me for pause. Pause became a seven figure company in three months, but it's because of the momentum and the training from hungry. God, that is amazing by the way. Congratulations. I was, I was shocked too. I was shocked too. Trust me. Oh, what? <laughs> Mm. So how long has pause, because I followed this whole transition. So I'm yeah. curious, like when, when was that? When did pause, when was pause born? Pause was born 2018. Okay. Yeah. I remember speaking at a conference called Pays to be Brave. And that was, I was on stage teaching breath work. And that was the moment where I'm like, like we were, we were on the top deck of this hotel overlooking San Diego. There was about 200 people lying down in yoga mats and it was the biggest group I've ever taught. And I remember in that moment, it was like, this is the fucking thing. This is the moment. Like I was like, okay, I'm going all in on this. Oh, it was literally wild. just got goosebumps like down my spine. Yeah. Ooh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I think is so like why we all have chills is because like every entrepreneur has that moment, you know, and that like, okay, like this is my moment where I choose to go all in. This is my moment where I choose to play bigger. This is yeah. my moment where I choose to believe. This is my moment where I choose to, to leap and to go for it. So when I hear your story, I hear my story. Yes. You know, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Those moments are really powerful. Those are defining Ooh. moments, you know, of like, this was the moment where this was so important. Yes. And so going back to like social and sharing, it's like, actually, I've never shared that on social of like, that was the one moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to fully do breath work. Like I'm going to run this mission. Like, let's go. I've never shared that on social. And if I do, like, then it's going to be like, people will be like, oh, wait, what was my moment when I yeah. decided my thing? Or they'll be like, I haven't had my moments where I decided my thing. Like, I can't wait for my moment. And then it puts it into their awareness. Yeah. So that's the power of story and the power of that. Well, and I think you know, the power of being in big energy, being around people who are living in their purpose too, because as soon as you said that story, I remember being at Tony Robbins and at Business Mastery. And I all of a sudden was like, oh, wait a second. What if I brought like all my spiritual everything into my business? Like yeah. ooh, what would happen? But it like mm -hmm. came in that moment when you're surrounded by people who like that energy is like, there's big things happening in this mm -hmm. world. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel, I feel it rising too. Like people mm -hmm. are like getting it now more than ever. Totally. Okay. So we're going to do a uh, lightning round of these outspoken questions. I'm these so excited. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so excited, Sam, to have you inside outspoken and speaking about leadership and the qualities of, of leadership versus influence. And I think having followed you and having watched you lead yourself. And so how many facilitators do you guys have now? Like friggin' close to a thousand. Holy shitballs. That's insane. 
I know. There's a whole, there's like 120 starting on Monday. That's our next Wow. Show. I know. Like that is amazing. You leading you and your business and your vision and, you know, over a thousand facilitators. I just think it's amazing. So I'm so excited to, to learn from you inside of Spoken and for everyone. Okay. So tell us your purpose in this lifetime and how you're fulfilling it. Mm. To unlock the infinite potential of people through breathwork, leadership, energetics, being magnetic. Yeah, that's it. It's like bringing people back home to themselves. I believe the only way that we can sustainably expand is if we come home first. And so when we're disconnected from that, like I was for long, we're reaching. I was reaching. Let me reach and figure out. Let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. But nothing was aligned because it wasn't coming from this deep place in my body. And so through the breath, we can find that. And then from that place, then we can expand from there. And so that's the biggest thing for me. And then I get to do that through my app. I get to do that through my facilitators, right? So we, we're going to have a thousand people soon who are pause breathwork facilitators they're impacting hundreds of thousands of people, right? So it's that type of vibe of like, how can we just bring everyone home through the breath? Oh, and one of our other speakers who was just on the FEM podcast, she said in that regard, so she's like, it's not here creating ripples. It's like, we are creating tidal waves. Like yes. This, this impact is creating tidal waves yes. and the movement and the momentum can be felt so deeply. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. Love it. Okay. What was the moment you knew you were meant for more than what you had? So there was that moment of teaching yeah. breathwork. I remember <laughs> this is another moment. I feel like I have written about this moment though. I remember working at the keg in Yale town on the patio and it was so busy and my feet were hurting and I was sweating and I just went to the back and I grabbed a drink of water and I'm like, I'm in the wrong movie what am I doing? Like, I'm not supposed to be here serving. Like my gifts are going to waste right now. Like what is going on? And I remember going home that day and just writing on Facebook, like who knows a coach? <laughs> like I just need a coach. And it was that moment where uh, someone commented and I got in contact with this gentleman named Shannon Graham and he pitched me and it was like 30 grand for the year. And I was working at the keg. So I was making like next to nothing. And I was like, I'll do it. And so I hired him. And, and that was basically like the journey, the start of that journey of like really trusting myself, investing in myself to go, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that investment so that I can follow and extract what I'm here to do. Big deal. And Jack and I are both came from the serving industry also, except I worked at the Dublin gate in Whistler wearing a kilt. <laughs> You probably served me a beer a time or two. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and uh, honestly, I have like still have the Facebook memory still pops up. That's like the day that I quit. And every single, I swear, I, I feel like I see it once every three months, but it's only once a year because it's like my annual memory. But every single time I see it, I am like brought back to that moment where you mm. took that sip of water and you're like, what the yeah. fuck am I doing here? Yeah. You know? So yeah, I can, I can totally relate to that. And also just want to say that I think you would probably be the best, like the most fun server that the cake has ever seen, you know, like I was great. I, I mean, I, all, I think we all probably were. I would like forget like orders and food, but I would make it up and like yeah. jokes and charisma. I'd be like, Oh, you wanted a steak. Um, sorry. I brought you salmon, but, but I would tell a joke and it'd be fun. Let me just make you laugh. And we'll, we're friends. Exactly. Right? It's all good. 
Yeah. Sometimes I tell Eric, like we're up at our mountain home now and there's a restaurant across from where we live. And, um, I said to him last night, I'm like, babe, I kind of miss serving. Like I miss being in the energy and the hustle and the bustle. And he's like, go do it. I'm like, wouldn't that be hilarious if I got a serving job? (laughs) Just to like re-spark your, I don't know. I don't know what that would re-spark, but. It's one of those things in life where I'm like, okay, Sam, what's the vibration of of what that brought and how can we create it in a way that's more aligned? And so the vibration and the vibe is like, yeah, like using my hands and working and building and creating. I don't know. There was something. And then like the social aspect of it. So anyway, I'll figure it out. (laughs) Do not go apply to the pub. Do not do it. I worked at a gas station once because I thought it would be fun. And I worked there for a week and then I quit and I foresee the same future for you. I would never, but it would be a good story to tell. It would be a good story to tell. Um, Okay, next question. Um, What's the biggest up-level you've experienced and the most noticeable shift that got you there? Ooh, honestly, it's in my relationship. Mm, Love that. Yeah, so Eric is very steady and calm and calculated and he's like a rock. And I am not. (laughs) And so like, like my work in this life is like working on my patience because I just want to like rip around and just do everything at once. Um, And so I've learned so much about like attunement and I've learned so much about pacing and trusting the natural pacing. Like it's hilarious that I birthed a company called Pause because that's exactly my medicine of like all right, Sam, and we're going to pause and we're going to just trust and we're, we're not going to speed this and we're going to go slow, which irritates the fuck out of me, but it's, it's, it's been so beneficial. So Eric has taught me that and pause has taught me that. And because of that, my attunement to people and the, the natural process of things has gotten so powerful to the point where I don't make reactive decisions because of speed anymore. I'm, I pay attention of like, let me just take a beat and a breath with this decision so that it really comes from alignment. It doesn't come from ego. Okay. So I have a spin-off question now for this, because when you say this, I'm also taken back to when you said, you know, pause hit seven figures in three months, which sounds like speed. But I also have this feeling that you were like, oh, let's go speedy. It's because you were actually in the yeah. stillness, the attunement that the speed happened, that that, you know, that quantum happened. Yeah. Here's what happened. Like how that happened was I was just talking about breathwork and my journey and the creation of this new thing that I'm doing for so long. And I would go on Instagram live and I would just take people through breathwork and blah, blah. So by the time I said the facilitator training is ready, people were like, I'm in. And so it was like, we filled the beta. I wanted to keep the beta small. So we filled the beta really quick. As soon as we we filled that in like five days or something crazy like that. And then I opened it up for the next class. So people had to wait like eight months for that. And we got like 177 students within a couple. It was just wild. I, I was not expecting it. Okay. What is your, what's your quantum vision? Like what is, what is the out there vision that just exists in the, in the other realm? And soon your reality. I want to be a bartender at it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I long to be a bartender at the pub across the street. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. This is such a good question. I find it fascinating that the world doesn't know how powerful they are through their breath. Like that to me is like mind boggling. I'm like, what? And at this point in my career, I've taught breath work to over 300,000 people through like all the things that I've, whatever. And it still is like the most fascinating thing to me. The quantum big vision is the, the most scalable thing is through our technology, through our app. <clears throat> so the vision is like having millions of people on that where millions of people every single day are using their breath to release anxiety, to drop into their heart, to clear their mind. And then to have this network of like tens of thousands of facilitators all around the world who are working intimately. Cause I, cause there's something so beautiful and so sacred about that intimate relationship of people doing breath work one-on-one together in person or even online, like creating a, a community that facilitates, like when I talked about like scaling empathy, right? So that's, that's kind of this of like, if I can give people the best training to become facilitators, and then they are then helping thousands of people on a weekly, weekly basis, monthly basis, whatever it is. And there's, there's that human connection is is happening. That feels like we're winning. And something that randomly, like this random corporate company reached out to me last week to like bring breath work through their entire organization. And so it's things like that, like me going into this corporate company, there's probably like no one would search breathwork in that company. But if we come to them and provide these like amazing services and give them access to the app, like that feels like really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, like when people love think breathwork, they think pause, like just having it everywhere, yeah. accessible, affordable. Yeah. And I love that what you said there, it's like the people that wouldn't necessarily know that breathwork exists or be looking for breathwork. Like now they're getting it too. Yeah. Like quick little story. I taught breathwork at a maximum security prison a couple of years ago up in Northern California and taught breathwork to 30 inmates who were in there for life. One of them came up to me. This moment is like so crazy. He came up to me and he was like, I've never felt my heart ever until this moment. And if I could, if I knew I could do this, there's no way I'd be in here right now. I literally, I I get chills every Uh, single time I tell that story. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm excited to support your mission. I'm literally like Googling the pause app to get it right now. I'll go get it. Do you know anyone who does pause with their um, children? I was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You guys both have kids? uh, We both have kids. Yeah. Two each. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I can't wait for that. But yeah, a hundred percent. It's a softer variation for sure. Yeah. But there's a new track that I'm creating on the app called like breathwork with children. So it teaches the parents oh, to do amazing. it with it. Yeah. And they're just short ones, right? But kids don't have like the longest attention span. But if you, if we can teach kids to regulate their own nervous systems, like so juicy. What I was like thinking when you said that, when you said that about this person who's like, I would never be in here if I knew I could do this. I was like, oh, like how young can we teach people? You know? Yeah. I'm yeah. so just like that they, that they know that they can do this. I know. It's like, why did, why were we taught to find the X in math for nine years, but we weren't taught how to be happy? Yeah. What the hell? So anyways, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited because we as parents, and we as female leaders and entrepreneurs who are who are devoted to doing things differently and raising a different generation get to give our kids these tools mm-hmm. in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So Sam, thank you for joining us on the Fem Podcast. 
podcast. And thank you so much for saying yes to Outspoken. I'm so excited to receive from you there, to learn from you. I'm so excited from the women in our community who are going to show up to that coaching session and just learn how to lead from such a beautiful and divine leader like yourself. So thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be there. It's going to be fire. And thank you guys so much for having me on the podcast. This is so fun. Wild women, there is absolutely not a single doubt in our minds that these 12 weeks inside Outspoken with these women, with the woman you just heard, with the with the quality of her teachings, with the experiences of her journey and her life, with her beliefs, with her how and strategy and brilliance and energy that this is not going to take you to a next level, that this is not going to stir something inside of you that says that gets to me, be me, that gets to be me. That is me. If I take this step, if I move towards this, if I trust myself, like she did, if I leap, if I go all in on me, then I I'm one step behind. I am right there. I am following in this woman's footsteps, wearing different shoes. This is what we want for you. This is what we're providing for you inside Outspoken. All of these truths, teachings, transmissions, trainings, the how, the strategy, the energetic alignment, the calibration portal to move towards the place that you're desiring. We cannot wait to spend 12 whole weeks with you inside this container. We cannot wait for all of the magic that conspires, that transpires, that manifests, that becomes reality in these 12 weeks together. We begin May 1st. We are already (laughs) obviously thrilled and excited and counting down the days. We cannot wait to see you there. We cannot wait to be in the presence of outspoken with you for 2022. So here we go. The link is in our show notes. We'll see you there. 